Chapter 4 Sina's lips still pulsed from Yiko's knee-buckling kiss. Who knew they'd be so explosive together, so perfect? While her body hummed with desire, dread loomed at whatever news he was about to share. I've stayed away from you because I refuse to betray your parents after everything they've done for me. Try as she might, her mind had difficulty discerning his logic as she blinked up at him. What have my parents got to do with us? Everything. He closed his eyes for a moment and drew in enough air to make his chest rise. I was born in a remote village in the northern region as the fourth of six children. He puffed out a breath. Three of them died before I turned six. My parents were farmers and took us to tend the land instead of sending us to school. Sometimes there was no money for food, so school was a luxury they didn't even consider indulging in. She nodded in understanding. She'd come from a privileged home, but was aware that not everyone had the basics she'd received. My mother's younger brother had escaped the system by moving to Accra. When he'd settled, my parents pleaded with him to take one of us so we'd have a chance at a better life. When my uncle agreed, they sent me to be a houseboy in his home. Why you? she asked. I had just turned eight. The oldest was already fifteen and more helpful on the farm than I was. He chuckled. I think I got beaten more often for cutting crops than weeds. I can imagine... It had only taken her parents asking him to weed the garden one time to understand that it wasn't something he was even remotely good at. I worked hard for my uncle. He even put me in school for the first time in my life. I was much older than the other children, but I didn't care. I was happy to be learning. When I turned nine, he got married and things changed. A chill of trepidation caused her to shiver when he released her hand. Although she wanted to close the distance which had grown between them, she gave him the space he needed by not reaching out. His wife was a demanding woman who was never satisfied. She asked for so much from my uncle. He tried to give her everything she asked for, but it was never enough. After a couple of years, the construction job stopped flowing and his wife left him. Yiko rubbed a hand down his face and looked straight into her. When a man gives his whole heart to a woman who doesn't deserve it, it breaks him. He started drinking to stave off the loneliness. He rubbed a knuckle against his jaw. He'd get his frustrations out by beating me. When he sobered, he'd feel bad about it. The grunt didn't sound forgiving. It didn't stop him from doing it again every time he got drunk. Rage roiled up in her. How could he be such a vicious ass? His neck snapped back. What? I'm pissed at the bastard. If she didn't gain control of herself, more intense curse words would be flying out of her mouth. She sucked in a deep breath, counted to five, and then released it. I'm sure someone must have noticed, she said in a less agitated state. What did your teacher say? She talked to me, and we went to my headmaster. He went to the house to speak to my uncle and threatened to report him to the police. That conversation led me to being pulled out of school and us moving. 
That's when you moved into the shack on the property next to us so that nobody would build on it. Yes. I was twelve then, half-starved, bored, and tired of the abuse. I tried to defend myself against my uncle once. I received the worst beating of my life that day. He hit me so hard that I spun and fell. I tried to break the fall with my arms and heard a snap. The pain was so excruciating that I passed out. A kick to my ribs woke me up. By the time the man was finished, I could barely stand. But you did. Her words were meant to bring him out of the brutality of his memories. You came to our house. Your father always responded when I greeted him. Sometimes he'd even smile. I made my way over here and rang the doorbell before crumbling to the ground. Your mother cried as your father loaded me into his car and took me to the hospital. He paid for my treatment and brought me back to your house. I slept here in an actual bed for three days before my uncle came pounding on the gate, drunk and looking for me. She didn't remember any of this. The first time he'd come to stay with them, he'd been 13 and hadn't been wearing a cast. Where was I? I don't know. Maybe visiting one of your aunties? Oh, what happened? Did my father kick his... She caught herself just in time. I mean, behind? Uncle Edom is too calm to fight anyone. He did have to hold your mother back, though. Cena smiled. She's always been the one to watch out for. Your father told my uncle to return in the morning when the alcohol had worn off and then closed the gate in his face. He instructed me to get some sleep because I'd be attending school in the morning. I had never been so happy in my life. It didn't last long. When I returned from school the next day, your father told me I was going back to live with my uncle, but he'd pay for my education. My uncle had promised not to hit me anymore. Your father had even offered him a job working on one of his building sites. If this were the end of the story, Cena would have clapped because it sounded so idealistic. Everything was better for a few months. Even though my uncle still drank, he wouldn't touch me. One day we received news that my mother, my uncle's only sister, had died, and I was distraught. My father had many girlfriends before taking a second wife. He'd given my mother HIV. He'd been taking treatment the whole time, but had never informed her. Oh, God! Cena slid closer and wrapped her arms around him, leaning her head against him. Something she would have resisted doing until tonight. The kiss had changed everything. She was relieved when he slipped an arm around her shoulders and squeezed. My father had killed my mother. The silence pressed into them. She was speechless. How did a person respond to such a harsh truth? She held tight in an attempt to infuse him with the love she'd held back for years. My uncle couldn't handle the pain and tried to drink it away. The beating started up again. Yiko rested his head against the back of the couch. I didn't tell your father. Maybe things would have turned out differently if I had. She placed a hand on his chest. His heart raced beneath her palm. Your father had offered to pay for our trip home to attend my mother's funeral. 
My uncle took the money and sent half of it to help defray the funeral costs, but didn't intend to travel back home. The other half of the money went down his throat. He stayed so drunk that he no longer beat me. Neither did he give me money to feed me. You were at our house every night, eating as if you'd been starved. I was. I decided to pay your parents back for their kindness by sweeping the compound in the mornings and doing whatever they asked me to do. She raised her head and smiled. That part made me happy because I didn't have to do it. You always were lazy about housework. Hey, I'd rather cook than clean any day. She became serious again. Was he still abusing you? No. He no longer cared about me or himself. Alcohol became his sustenance, and he'd lost a lot of weight. Yiko sighed. One day I woke up and the place was quiet. No snoring, even though he was lying on his mat. The place smelled like excrement. He crinkled his nose as if he were experiencing the past. He'd choked on his own vomit during the night and died. He looked into her eyes. My guilt for feeling glad that I was free of him outweighed my grief. At 13, I knew I could find work to do somewhere in Accra, maybe work in transport by becoming a Trotos driver mate or ask your father for a loan so I could sell sachet water or something. In the end, you didn't have to worry about it because my parents took you in, she pouted, and treated you better than they did me. As if it were the most natural thing in the world, he captured her bottom lip and sucked on it. She moaned as she raised her hand to the back of his head and pulled him closer. One kiss led to another, and before she knew it, she was on her back with his delicious weight sinking her into the cushions. Kissing and holding him felt so right, perfect. She lamented having missed years of not being together in this way. What the hell is going on? Her father's shout permeated her desire-drenched mind. Their tangle of arms and legs made it difficult as they scrambled to get off the couch. Her gaze flung between the two people who'd entered while she'd been lost to everything but Yiko's caresses. Dad! Mom! She smoothed down her clothes. At least they were still on. How could she have gotten caught making out on the couch? Her father's nostrils flared as he squinted at Yiko. Is this how you repay me after everything I've done for you? Uncle Edom, how long has this been going on? He waved a violent hand in the space they'd placed between them. Her father didn't give either a chance to answer. You've disappointed me, Yiko. I never thought you'd abuse my trust by taking advantage of my daughter when you should be protecting her. But, Dad, I invited you into my home and treated you like a son. More fool me. Her mother placed a hand on her father's arm. Sina couldn't read her expression, but she said nothing. Yiko hung his head, accepting every accusation thrown at him. Wouldn't he explain? Her father's anger rose as his words came out in a ragged yell. Why would you... Do this to us. Abuse our trust. I can't even stand to look at you. Get out! Yiko stood still and looked up with his eyes wide, probably in as much shock as her. I said get out. 
her father reiterated in a louder voice. Dad, let me be quiet. His glower remained on Yiko, and his body was tense as if ready to spring into action and release his anger through violence. I'll deal with you when this traitor leaves my home. He's not a... The heat of anger in her father's eyes when he focused on her forced her to step back. She stumbled against the coffee table and would have fallen if Yiko hadn't reached out and caught her. The movement brought on a rage within her father that made him look like a sedate puppy a moment ago. The roar he let out echoed against the walls. Don't you ever touch my daughter again! He flung an arm toward the front door. Get out! Her father clutched his chest and gurgled. The next moment, he crumbled to the floor. Everyone rushed to him. Dad, eat him, her mother gasped. Yiko went to work undoing his father's tie at the top buttons of his shirt. He's breathing. We have to get him to the hospital. With a strength she'd never have guessed of a man who spent his time hunched over creating gorgeous pieces of art, Yiko reached under his father's shoulders and legs and hefted him up. Sina picked up the keys her father had dropped, rushed to the door and out to the car where she opened the back door. Her mother ran to the other side as Yiko carried her father and got into the back seat, her legs acting as a pillow when Yiko placed him into the car. Sina opened the gate while he settled her dad into the back seat. Give me the car keys. Yiko's order sounded calm, but the tight lines around his mouth told a different story. Shaking, she tossed them to him from her sentry at the gate. She waited until he'd pulled out of the driveway. The shakiness of her hands as her heart raced made the task of closing and locking the gate more difficult. She jumped into the front seat and turned to see her father's ashen face as he grimaced and groaned in pain. Hang on, Dad. You'll be okay. The words were as much for herself as for him. She couldn't lose her father. She refused. <laughs>